0: Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads, sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine-to-five. So get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. All right, guys, welcome
1: back to another episode of the Crazy Nomad Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest on, Siobhan. She has an online coaching fitness business that I can't wait to hear more about. And to hear more about her story, how she kind of got started, she's, uh, I met her in Bali, so she's been there for a couple of years and just living that amazing digital nomad life. So Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Excited to share. I can't wait. So dive right in. Tell us your story. You know what? You know, brought you to having this online business. What brought you to Bali? And yeah, give us it all.
2: Okay, where do I begin? uh, Like I, you know, used to work in the corporate world. I studied maths in university. um, Really thought I just didn't know any other way of living. Like I was, you know. Told I was smart when I was younger. So I just thought that meant gonna have a really good corporate job. I'm gonna be rich and have a nice car and house and all that. I just I didn't know anything else. Um, and then like I I was kind of a bit confused because I did a little bit of traveling after university, like worked in Portugal selling boat trips for my auntie's business. And even my auntie, I was like, why? how are you like happy when you know you don't have a real job like it just it was so confusing to me I was like when are you going to go back to Ireland and get a real job you know I just thought that was the only way and you know she had a a lot of influence on my life she was like look around I have a great life I'm happy and I was like but you're not rich like I honestly just didn't you know I needed my eyes open and so then then I went and got my corporate job after college and I was you know working in software for pension administration it was very exciting and um, but i i suppose i was about 25 and i was making what i thought was good money at the time and like i my job was fine i just was sitting there i was 25 and I, you know retire i was like this can't be it for the next 40 years until i retire yeah. and I, you know the 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 company i was working in was quite small so there wasn't really room for progression so i was like no i need to join like a big corporation that i can build my way up So I actually left and ended up doing recruitment because I thought it would be a bit more social. I thought I'd enjoy it a bit more. And it turns out I'm terrible at sales and it's just like a sales job. So I was doing that for about a year and then I was really lost. Like I really didn't know what else that I could do with my degree or anything. And, you know, my other friends were progressing with their careers and I felt like I was falling behind. And I was really upset. And I remember speaking to a lady in HR you know, I was trying to get them to pay for me to do a master's in software engineering because I was like, oh, I like computers. I need to study more if I want to progress. Anyway, so then I, you know, she was like, what do you really enjoy doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'd love to stay in the gym all day. And she said, what about being a personal trainer? And I was like, no, I've like studied so hard to, you know, my career. And to be honest, I was actually just miserable. In life, in work, and just going to the motions, like partying all weekend, going to work, hating life, partying all weekend. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I'll have to, something has to change. So I started doing a personal training course in the evening. And um, I actually took, I went back to my old job in the software company because I thought, I mean, the, the hours were better and I could, I could study in the evenings. But I was so embarrassed taking a step back on the career ladder, going like, I'm actually, but, you know, I just said, oh, it's only just to facilitate this new career where I'm going that I'm going to do. But I actually never even really believed that I could make a career out of personal training. I just I was just taking it day by day. So I started studying. I, I realized I had to get myself in shape then. I, I thought personal trainers had to have abs. So I got myself a coach. I set up an Instagram because I was so embarrassed sharing my fitness stuff on my own Instagram. Yeah, I was like, I'll set up a separate one. I was like, if anyone has any interest in fitness in the gym, I'm gonna post like my workouts and stuff here. And when like, so then I was, it just kind of grew a bit of steam. Like I, I, I was um, changing my body because I was so dedicated. I was like, I have to make this career work. And I had like I don't know probably about ten thousand followers by the time I was qualified. Um, and because I had changed my body, I had loads. Of gr- I, was, I was also very early to the game. Like this is the start of 2015. Um, I was one of the only girls in Ireland lifting weights on Instagram. Um, you know, and kind of changing the narrative around you know doing lots of cardio to change your body. And I was really excited. I was just sharing all this new things, all these new things I was learning well um, again, I didn't really have an idea where I was going. You know, like, I ne- again, I never knew anyone that lived a nomad life. Like, I just, that didn't mean anything to me. I didn't know anyone who didn't have a career. So then I just started working loads in the gym. You know, I was working crazy hours, up at 6 a.m, doing all that. And then I suppose I was really busy with that, again, making loads of money. And I had another bit of a midlife, a quarter-life crisis. Um, and I thought, you know, I was kind of getting a bit of anxiety because I felt like this can't be it either like I don't know what it is that I'm searching for and eventually like between reading some you know Tony Robbins books and I did a bit of soul searching and found like really drilled down on my values and goals and I just had this image of you know lying in a hammock with a laptop and I think that's a bit mad and you know wrote it down but again didn't see any path of actually going there. But I did start doing a bit of online coaching because I had such demand from Instagram, from people around, you know, not just in, near my gym. So naturally moved more online. And um, then I, I actually did a bit of like I did a bit of traveling, you know, so I went to Portugal for a couple of weeks to see my sister. And then I'd come back and I felt bad for leaving my clients in the gym for a few weeks. That, so then I really thought, like, could I do this all online? Mm-hmm. So eventually, oh, this is a long story. Well, it's not really. But I'm still talking, um, but I eventually started like moving all my systems online. You know, started being really, you know, reading a lot, looking at different people, other people's businesses. Um, got a business coach and realized, you know, like I was working too much. I didn't have any free time. So then I reduced what I was doing in the gym so that I could spend more time building the online business. Um, and yeah, eventually I decided to leave the gym altogether. I fully online but I was still living in Dublin mm-hmm. and then I was I, I you know went to Thailand for the first time for a month and it just changed my perspective on life and I, I came home back to the apartment that I was renting and I was you like, know I want to go back to Thailand so like rent you know spent more money on flights went for another couple of weeks came back I think I just kept coming home and then just going back to Thailand. And eventually I was like, what am I doing with this two bed apartment with all this stuff that I haven't needed while I've been traveling? You know, I was used to then just having my shorts and flip flops and bikinis. And uh, yeah, so again, it was, it wasn't that I was, it was a real natural progression. Like I wasn't really uh, looking at anyone else doing it. I was like, I could actually save money if I got rid of this apartment and just stayed in Thailand for a few weeks and that's how it happened. Like if it, I was just after my 30th birthday, I moved out of my apartment, like moved into a suitcase and got a one way flight to Thailand. Um, and I actually ended up staying only a week that time because I had friends gone to Bali and I was like, oh, I didn't really, I loved Thailand. So I didn't really want to go. But the first day I landed in Bali, I was like, this is a lifestyle I was looking for. Yeah. And that was, that was, this, I think it was October, 2018. And since then, I've just kind of been spending a lot of time in Bali you know, having the flexibility to go, you know, spend the summer in Europe. Like, I don't live anywhere technically. I've rented this villa for a year, so I suppose it is a bit of a home. But, you know, I've just been living that lifestyle. I've gone, you know, flights to flights to, yeah, and and working completely online. So that's my story. I think <laughs> that's <Yeah>. it all. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it, and I think that it is
1: so great seeing the natural progression you had because people have such varying ways to get into this lifestyle. Either it is like a natural progression where they're like, okay, like, I think I could do this or I want to switch things or change it up. And I want to, you know, be a bit more free or people go, I dove like headfirst in. I literally quit everything packed in a bag. I was like, I'm going to Asia and I have no idea why. And I have no idea what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. And I think it is great hearing kind of both perspectives because, you know, at the end of the day, we do desire this kind of life of freedom, but how you get there is different based on everyone. And some people, you know, are a bit more cautious. But I think that the digital nomad life now is becoming so much more, you know, visible for people. It's a lot yeah. more social media. It's in your face. It's kind of a lot more out there and showing people how we can actually this is real. And I always found it funny. Like I have some people who still like family older, like uncles and aunts, who will be like, "So when are you gonna have a real life?" And I'm like, "I actually do." Like. It is completely real. I still do work. I still do have a lifestyle, um, but they can't like imagine it. So in terms of like Bali, why do you think Bali and the lifestyle like pulled you in so much to kind of spend so much time there?
2: Yeah. So the, I think when I came here, I didn't realize how much I craved Routine, like I do. As much as I love traveling, I love routine as well, and it's all—it's always a constant battle with myself. You know, yeah, I want to go travel the world, but also I just want to wake up every day and do the same thing because I I know what makes me feel good, and what makes me feel good is you know good food, good coffee, good weather, good people, good training, and like Bali just ticked all those boxes. So yeah, like I found a gym that I liked. I was waiting. I couldn't believe how good the coffee was. I loved. The, I suppose the the Australian and the Western influences in the food here. I mean, I love Thai food, and I love um, that you can travel around and you can get all the good stuff. But I loved then, you know, like that there was a lot of like health focused cafes, um, and and then obviously local food as well. But I, I suppose I eat a lot more Westernized here than I did in Thailand. Um, and then people, yeah, like so I was going to the gym and I was meeting so many people who were living differently, where I really thought. You know, I was a weirdo I suppose, when, I, when I quit my job and did all this. Like, I thought I was crazy. And, you know, my friends thought I was crazy. My family thought I was crazy. Um, and then you meet all these people who are doing such different things and have so many different paths to life. Everyone's different ages, different, um, it sounds like even coming from you know, different cultures, different classes and meeting. And it just opened my eyes to so many different possibilities in life. Uh, and, and then, even like business wise, you see people like it's great for sharing ideas, you get inspired by people. And yeah, I think then anytime I went back home and it was like, oh, everyone's doing, I don't know if it's what it's like, you know, like where I'm from anyway, Ireland is very like they have very societal norms. You know, the goal is to get a good job, get married, have kids. Um, and well, uh, you know, hopefully it is changing now. I think as you know, the internet has opened up possibilities. And I suppose that's even why I share my journey so much now on Instagram is because I want to reach out to you know like me at 25 who was sitting there going what else is there to do and you know so that's why I share it so much you know but obviously my business is online you know originally it was just like I'm just going to share my fitness stuff but now like I've learned so much I've opened my eyes I've found a way to be really happy day to day and I just want to help other people feel the same and it doesn't mean you have to go to Bali like you have to do this but you know if it just means like opening your eyes to different possibilities or to make changes if you're not happy um, so sorry to go back to your question why Bali it's like you know it's it's the lifestyle that everyone like it's it's heaven on earth in such a simple way it makes you realize that you only need really simple things to be happy day to day like just driving to the rice fields on your rope head listening to some tunes it's just pure bliss yeah I definitely think
1: from living in Bali and now being in Thailand for a little bit. And I've done with the I've been in Europe and stuff, looking there digital as well. And it's definitely like I would say the perfect place for people who want to get involved in the digital nomad lifestyle, but don't aren't like are unsure how luck or are unsure how they make friends or be social because that part of Bali, I think, offers you so much. You know, you could literally go to a cafe and sit down and sit next to you and be like, hey, like, how are you? Where are you from? And it's so simple to meet people. And yeah. that's why it also draws in a lot of people because you can create friendship. You can create, you know, these amazing lifestyles in Bali also for obviously way cheaper than you would in a lot of other countries. Um, but it offers you a bit of normalcy, like you were saying, like routine to your life. And that is a constant battle between travelers and digital nomads. And I know on the community for this podcast, we have a mix of people who are digital nomads and people who want to be a digital nomad. But one thing I will say is like the travel lifestyle is a lot harder than people anticipate. Yeah. Because you can't really have a routine. You could try your, you try your best, but it's really difficult. Whereas when you're living in somewhere like Bali, you're easily able to, you know, get up and go to the gym go do work, go do your food shopping, go home, you know, go watch some of your friends and kind of create that more, you know, routine based life in a place that obviously is gorgeous. Um, yeah. And I think that's a, crazy, a great thing that Bali offers. And so with Bali for you, I know a lot of people who, you know, are looking at Bali are very curious about like the workout scene in Bali, the gyms and stuff. I think are probably some of the best you're going to get out there when you're traveling. Also quite expensive. I have to say one thing yes. about colleges <laughs> that that I yeah. so in your experience, what has been your, like, your time working in different gyms um, for people, you know, who haven't been there. And Yeah.
2: So I originally, I originally came and started doing CrossFit. Oh yeah. So I, I, in Thailand, I had done a bit of Muay Thai and I was just like, I did it maybe once or twice a week just to do some cardio. And I had focused after, because I had done bodybuilding and then I was trying to get away from like body image, all that, Mm -hmm. and then start doing CrossFit um, while in Thailand. So when I first came here and I came to CrossFit Wanderlust, like it was well known as, um, you know, one of the best CrossFit gyms in the world, because obviously a lot of people travel and, you know, they're tagging it. And so when I went there, I loved the vibe. And I think what the big thing that I found different to say a the gym in Ireland was that they had like they had tables and a cafe so when people finished training it wasn't like okay bye see you tomorrow you know they were sitting down and having a coconut and chatting about the workout and making plans and you know the gym always made sure to do like what I think they did monthly socials and um, so you go drinking together and, you know that's how you're building a community um, and then at the same time just across the road was Bali MMA so I said I'll start doing some Muay Thai in there and loved it so I was trying to balance both and it's the same kind of vibe there um you know it's people who are on holidays you know a lot of people obviously they're both places of people who take training really seriously but what I loved is that you know you'll train with people in the morning and they'd have beer on the beach in the evening which that's what I found different to where I was in Thailand where it was very much like a training yeah. street you know like it was it was people who are there to just train so that's what I liked about Bali was a balance of people are there they want to train but they're not just on like a fitness retreat, you know, they are there to live. Um, so yeah, Bali MMA, great uh, Muay Thai. And then I started doing Jiu Um, And then the head coach from Bali MMA left and set up SOMA Fight Club. So I now do, I'm, I'm in all the gyms, like I'm a bit of a gym slut. And so I do Muay Thai and SOMA. I do Jitsu and Bali MMA. And honestly, one of my biggest struggles now leaving to go to Europe is I keep using Europe put it like inverted commas because it's actually quite American to say like I'm in Europe because we're like Ireland but I'm actually going around to different countries um but my problem now is that like I'm really going to miss the routine of training uh like I, I feel like that kind of vibe where you can just drop in isn't the same in other countries um and even like I have my community there especially with jujitsu. it's a really difficult sport to kind of randomly do in one day in one place yeah. so I kind of have to really again um look at my values and be like no I do want to travel as much as I love routine and it will always be there you know I'm not a, an actual fighter like you don't need to train 365 days a year um and I'll just do my best over the summer to kind of keep fit enjoy myself but uh that'll always be there when I come back yeah. um but yeah, the gyms are so busy here. They are expensive, you know, relative, just relative to everything else. Like I remember when I walked into Wanderlust, I was like, what? Especially compared to Thailand. I was like, what? Um, but to be honest, I think it's worth it. The classes, the community you get. I know a lot of people who normally um, say do a lot of hypertrophy training or, or uh, bodybuilding. They end up doing classes because it's just more fun and more social. Um, and then you end up like I ended up getting in better shape because I was going to the gym because I enjoyed it and not because I felt like I had to or you know because I wanted to change my body it's like oh I don't want to miss jiu-jitsu today so I end up not taking a rest day because I actually am having fun or like you want to see your friends or something like that so it's actually a great way to just naturally keep healthy
1: yeah no I definitely agree the gyms are great and one thing you brought up and I'd love to chat about because I know you shared so much on social media is what it was like going from like the um the competition the bodybuilding competition to kind of like the healthier lifestyle you live now because I know Social media plays such a big role in terms of what we think our bodies need to look like or the idea of how much we need to weigh and the number. And you share a lot of social media, like the contrast between when you were doing the competitions and now and how much healthier you're feeling and like that whole ideal between the two. I'd love to hear like, you know, what was like, what was it like doing all those competitions and then transfer, like transitioning into how your lifestyle is now?
2: Yeah, it's like, it was a huge factor in where I'm at now you know like people always ask do I regret doing it so it was 2017 I did uh, bodybuilding which was a bikini competition so you know basically getting as lean as possible to stand on stage and twirl around and show you off your hard work and I always say I really enjoyed the process up to it and it was because I was this is before I went traveling I was you know working as a personal trainer I just needed a, a goal so it seemed like the natural thing to do when you're trying to get in shape was like oh I'll well, just do a bikini competition now, the majority of people I've seen do it, do it so unhealthily and, end up you know, long-term damage. And I actually wanted to show it could be done healthily. So I had a really good coach and um, cruised into the show. I got so lean, you know, I was, uh, I was in a good starting point. I had no stress. I was a lot of muscle. So it actually was great. Like, I mean, I was struggled, but I, uh, it was actually the moment I stepped off stage is when the trouble started. Like that's when, I started obviously having to gain weight back on like to be healthy and my men like I messed up with my head so much like only when I was looking back and reflecting on it I was like I was binge eating I was like a terrible body image even though I was probably I actually was like 15 kilos lighter than I am now so like 30 pounds um and but yet I wasn't happy and it was because I had built because I got so much praise on social media for getting shredded like you know that's how I think my following grew a, a lot again around that time was because they saw this dramatic transformation and as much as I was putting like uh caveats I suppose on the on the transformation pictures I was like this isn't healthy this is for a show like don't copy what I'm doing my coaching is different blah 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 um But then in the six months after that, I really battled with body image and everything. And honestly, I think travel, people always ask me, you know, how did, because they feel the same after their show. They always ask, like, how did you fix yourself? And to be honest, I really think like the the biggest change in my mind was going to Thailand. It was meeting lots of new people that I'd never seen before when I was smaller that just, you know, were just meeting me for the first time. I was convinced to try CrossFit, and because I always thought I was really strong, and but turns out I wasn't fit at all. Like I looked fit, but I wasn't. So I started doing CrossFit, and I was like, "Hey, there's things I can't do. I want to get better at that." So I started training more for performance, Um, and then because I was planning on doing another show, I thought I had to do another show to make myself disciplined. Like I really thought that was the only thing that would motivate me to stick to my calories. But you know, I actually just took. It ended up. It, it was me actually giving up caring that made me get back in shape because I was able to then listen to my hunger levels. Um, I was wasn't restricting myself. I was being more consistent. I was kind of letting myself have something like you know, like have the pizza if I want, but then I'd actually stop when I was full rather than this whole you know got to eat it because I'm starting fresh tomorrow. Um, and just kind of training, as I said, meeting new people, just moving my values, and always like a lot of I journal a lot, like practicing mindfulness like even just learning about psychology I was able to identify all these things that I was you know in my head that were you know negative thoughts or you know irrational thoughts you know saying like I can't have this I'm too fat and it's like when you write it down you're like that's absolutely not true um and it it really shaped me because I I learned about the struggles I realized how many women feel like that in terms of their their body even if they're not doing competitions or anything like that but even just I even see now like in the run-up to the summer they're like I'm so scared I've got a bikini I've got a you know a holiday and I'm so scared to go into a bikini or like I'm, you know those words I'm like that, what I do now with my coaching is more like let's look at those words like scared like you know like what are you actually afraid of and that's what my my whole coaching thing now is like when you remove that obsession around it you actually do get in better shape and you're you get happier about it and that's the most important thing and I think traveling as well really helps you see different body shapes and sizes all the time like I think maybe just because in Ireland it's always cold and wet like we don't see people in bikinis all the time so what you see is just people on Instagram and you have to remind yourself that Instagram is like you know the exception it's the the people who go viral are the ones that are you know absolutely shredded or you know doing something extreme but when you travel and you're on beaches all the time you realize that it's all different shapes and sizes so when you step onto a bikini like I used to think going on holidays it was this preparation for so long for that first day in a bikini and getting pictures and now it's like every day I'm in a bikini I just there's no start point or end point it's just this is me is my body and it's the most freeing thing and that's what I really want to help people with you know to be able to to travel to live happily in their body without any panic or negative thoughts um, and some people think that that'll come when they're a certain size, but it's actually all about changing your mindset. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean th- that's actually something I do still struggle a little bit with when it comes to traveling. As I said, I love my routine here, and my routine here naturally has me a bit leaner because I'm, as I said, enjoying training. But there's still a bit, a bit of the back of my head is like panicking, going, "Oh, I'm traveling, and I'm going. I'll be home with my family for a week, and then I'm going to Portugal. I'm going to end up putting on weight. But then." I've got enough like uh, I suppose self-awareness to stop and go that's okay like yeah. even if you have, are, are a bit heavier on Instagram most people won't notice or if they do notice they don't care you know like it's kind of just thinking rationally about it and and knowing like I just don't want to restrict my life anymore because of my body size yeah and health I definitely think
1: that's something that a lot of people especially women struggle with I mean I've I've been there too where you're scrolling on Instagram and there are these girls who are perfect essentially. They look perfect. They have these tiny little waists. You know, they're great in shape. They have no cellulite, no stretch marks. They, you know, we don't have the things that you might be dealing with on your body. And then like you said, summer comes up and you're like, all right, I'm going away for summer. I need to be in bikini. I even think I uh, thought about it. I'm going to Ibiza this summer and I was like, all right, I know that people are going to be skinny in these little bathing suits. Like, how am I going to compete almost? And it's a bad mindset to have. And I do think for the coaching you're doing, helping to shift that mindset is definitely really important because we can't, you know, we can't live life based on what we kind of see online. And funny enough, yeah. I think that Bali does a lot of models. Um, yeah. And I've seen people online and been like, oh my God, like, I can't even, like, that person looks perfect. And I see them in person, then somewhere in a cafe or a gym or whatnot, and not that they aren't perfect, they still the a beautiful body, but you see, they're, they do have curves, to them, and they do have, you know, a different body shape than necessarily thought, and it makes you realize, like, all the pictures also aren't usually 100%, like, real because there are angles you can stand and there are ways you can move to make yourself
2: I feel like myself like some of the pictures I put up I'm like do I look like that or not the thing is I, and I'm really like I'm really kind of against filters for that for my own self-confidence yeah. because I would be terrified if I was putting everything up in a filter and then someone look, Again, terrified is probably a per choice word. But you know, like I I think for my own confidence, just putting myself out there as I am over the years, that taught me that to, to realise that like people actually like you the way you are, mm-hmm. and not this. And I because I've I've been like even that you're saying that you see these people online who are tiny and shredded and no cellulite, like I was like that for a while. Um and that's why and I, I enjoy that because I can tell people go, look, I was there and I wasn't that happy. So there's actually it's not it's not a body size, it's all about how you feel in, in yourself and that's uh, it's not about aiming for perfection it's around accepting the way you are um and I think we I really have to deal with that in Bali you know because there are I think all the hottest people in the world just come here um yeah. and and I actually I'm definitely like more girls than men so you know they have to it's it's an unfair advantage um but I do think um I do think like just having to like practice self love you know like and, and you know, yeah obviously it would be great to be hotter but you obviously can't control that i mean you can't you know get my eyelashes done but there's no point like staring at this gorgeous russian model who has this tiny waist and big hips and you know because realistically she might not be happy like you see i see p- the most stunning people in the world and they will not be seen on instagram without a filter and i'm like they obviously aren't that confident and i feel more sorry for them than than jealous of them you know i like i'd rather be myself and be confident in what i look like than be even more stunning and not confident yeah um and yeah that's what I try and yeah I try and encourage people not to use filters for their own sake and for others sake you know I have some friends who are stunning and won't go online without a filter and I'm like okay do you realize what message you're giving out to the young girls because like if you if they think that you won't be seen without a filter and you are naturally stunning what does it say to other people that feel like they need to get a filter or they need to I don't know it's a funny one but um yeah I think just being yourself and practicing self-acceptance and self-love it's not easy but yeah, I have to do, I do it every day I like write, write down one thing I like about myself in my journal yeah
1: um, it's like hard
2: a good practice
1: though and also some people are just built differently like I swear yeah. Russians are built to be like very skinny and have a smaller built their body and some people like are just built a little bit bigger I have hips like I could work out and not eat for 15 days. My hips aren't going to go anywhere. That's my bones. That's like the core of my body. So
2: it's like... I, mean, I would think Irish, like even like the, the Celtic skin, like it's just not as, you know, typically attractive as even English. It's mad, like even English. You can tell the difference between Irish and English, even though it's like such a similar... Um, but, you know, we're good fun. That's what we have here. It's like we can't be good looking and go crack. Like we <laughs> take over the world.
0: But definitely. And one thing I love that
1: you also share a lot on your social media is the fact that you could go to the gym and you could work out and you could be super healthy, but you doesn't need to give up being social, um, doesn't yeah. need you to give up that part of your life. And I think that's a battle that some people feel like, all right, I'm on this like a diet plan I'm on. I'm going to have a, fit, a fitness and health life. So I can't have a beer somewhere. I can't, you know, go out and enjoy myself. And I love that you kind of share the fact that you can do both.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that because, because I did restrict for so many years, you know, I really enjoyed the, the feeling of accomplishment and getting leaner because I was being so disciplined. So I know that feeling I found, I saw it on time hop where I was like, you know, they, people won't understand your discipline and, you know, I, I'm, realistically I'm like, they're probably just asking like, why are you so boring? Um, because and, and what I love to show is that you can have everything in moderation, including drinks And of course, like fat loss, I would say fat loss and health are not the same thing. So like you can lose weight if you just dance all weekend, only drink tequila, and then are too hungover to eat on Sunday, right? But like a lot healthier would obviously be no alcohol, eating your avocado and toast, I don't know, relaxing. So you know, like calorie deficit doesn't always mean health. So it's 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 trying to find that balance of like being making choices mostly based for your health but also for your your mental health your happiness as well um so you know it might be I try and share like yeah I'll have drinks but I might not have pints of beer you know or I might have margaritas or something you know just change just some small changes um and just little things like keeping active um you know even if I'm hungover, i like oh, I just get a, a good up and out of bed and just move because overall that will keep you in a calorie deficit for the week which really is the key to fat loss but also you're happier then Like if you stayed at home and did nothing, and that's when you become even more obsessed with your body. It's like, oh, look at all these things I'm sacrificing so that I have abs. So your abs are even more important to you. And then if you do lose them, or if you do crack and have a pizza, then, oh my God, my abs are gone. I've lost like what will people think of me? Whereas like, I get more, I'm so much more proud of my body now by showing that like I'm having my cinnamon rolls, having my pizza, eating healthy most of the time. and having a few drinks, like I'm so much like I love sharing that because I love sharing my body now. Going, look, you can do both. Like that's it's, uh, it's so much better than showing me shredded. been like, hashtag discipline. You know, how much do you want it? You know, all that. Um, and I see so many girls who are still in that phase, and I feel like I'm like guys. There's so much life to be had outside of it. Like I really, especially like bikini competitors. You know, a lot of them are st- like I, I know people who are still in that, and they're. You know, they focus their whole life, and there's nothing that takes over your life more than bodybuilding because every ounce of food you put in your mouth matters. So it's so controlling. Um, so I like, i feel like I've done it, so I'm like sharing that message. I'm like, oh, there's so much more happiness to be had outside of it. Um, I, I know, obviously, some people enjoy it, but I get I get a lot of hate from from competitors as well because obviously it's triggering that I'm offending their sport. But I'm like, I did it. You know, like did really well and I got nothing out of it like <laughs> got followers and praise and an eating disorder and so I'm just trying to tell other people to just go live your life and you can do both you can be healthy and have fun yeah I definitely
1: think that's like a really important message because I know people I've even done it before where I was like I'm not I'm not going out I'm not doing anything I'm gonna work out really hard for you know two months I lost a bunch of weight I felt good about my body. But then I was like in a, you know, program, whatever. And then when I ended the program and I came out, my mom was like, come on, like have a glass of wine with me, like do whatever. And I'd go and like, all right, I'll have some nachos. All right, I'll have a glass of wine. And then I increasingly saw the weight come back on. And then it was like such a dip in my mental health and my body. And I'm like, well, this isn't good because I can go on a program for eight weeks and feel amazing. But as soon as those eight weeks are done, I have to like transition myself back to normalcy. Then I'm back on the wave of like, well, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be. So then you, oh, you think you got to go exercise. do that program again. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's the problem. That, I'm so against those kind of programs because they're like so restrictive and yeah, they'll get your body that you think you want. But obviously you've learned nothing. Like you haven't learned how to incorporate, you know, the glass of wine with your mom or the nachos when you want. And so when you do have them, you don't know how to control yourself around them because you don't know balance. It's either on or off. And, that, and, and that's, a, it's, it's, it's a hard thing as a coach because obviously it's easy to sell that, you know, six weeks you're going to lose this amount of weight and you're going to get an amazing before and after picture and I'm going to use that before and after picture to sell that program to more people and then you'll think that it's your problem that you're doing something wrong when you inevitably eat more food so then you go back to the program because you think that's what works and it's a great business model to make money so I always had to go against that like and I always think sticking with my morals has helped me in the long run and you know like I have luckily you've got a really busy business now and it's because it's people who've done those six eight 12 week transformations and are confused and lost or done crazy restrictive diets like low carb or keto or and they've learned nothing about nutrition and like luckily that's keeping me in business now because people are I just educate them and like I educate them and then they're gone and they don't need me anymore which again isn't a great business model but I honestly believe in like doing the best for people and help genuinely want to help people and it comes back around um in other words obviously through referrals and just mm-hmm. feeling good in myself and what I'm doing and you know getting people out of that restrictive and like yo-yo dieting that I had done for years the freedom is amazing like just getting up this morning and I was like you know i need I want to cross on and so I got one but it, it's not like okay now today's a bad day you know like today I better just keep eating cra- you know it's like uh, so I won't be I'll be you know, full for a while, after have cross on. So then later I'll probably be craving, you know, I might get some eggs and veg, you know, just because I'll be craving it because I won't be craving any sugar. And then kind of having that balance, is just quite, and I, I, some people might not even understand it, but I just think so many women have, are in that like diet culture. Um, and I'm just trying to save them. That's my, my life goal. But it's good
1: to it <laughs> feel guilty after eating things. And I think that's one of the biggest problems people have is they, eat something they really want to or something they might really enjoy. And I feel like when you actually are healthy, you're getting more balanced. You crave those things less because you allow yourself to have a little bit of, you know, sugar, a croissant, a piece of pizza, instead of being like, okay, I've been really good all week. Saturday is my day. And now I'm going to have pizza, onion rings, burgers, French fries, like beer, everything. And then next day you hate yourself. And I think it's really great to have that balance and, I'd love to hear more about, like, when people come into your program for the furnace, like what, you know, what they can expect or what kind of things you offer to help break that cycle.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny because it's so not complicated. You know, like I'm not selling some like secret fat loss plan. Um, but what what happens is they sign up. It's a 12 week program, and there's videos on nutrition and videos on mindset because. I realized, and, and training plans as well, which are mostly based around the gym, but at the same time, it's not that strict. I'm like, if you enjoy your Zumba classes and you'll keep them up, it's more important something that you'll do consistently rather than you know, going to the gym and doing like some sort of fat loss workout. And I'm using inverted commas there again. <laughs> um, anyway, but the, so the thing is with the mindset is it's, it's helping people slow down. So a lot of people who sign up to the program are the people who think, I want to lose this amount of weight in 12 weeks. And you know, we kind of get them to write down their values, write down their goals, and it becomes a lot easier to make decisions. Say that one of their values is like, I want to be able to spend time with my family. So when they are, you know, reflecting on their days in their journal every day, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I went for pizza with my family last night, but I really enjoyed it. It's, it was in line with my goals of my family. You know, you might think they might write down, I don't really feel great because I had the full pizza. So maybe. Next time I'll only order half, or I'll share, or I might not get a starter. And it's these kind of like just reflecting on your food behaviors um, and not and doing it from like, you know, a, a place of kindness, not like shouldn't have had that pizza last night. I feel so fat, or, you know. And then it's basically like teaching them to slow down and think about what they're having and to eat mindfully as well. You know, it, I, I do use calories and macros and mostly calories and protein which sometimes can be people are like what but I thought that was diet culture but I'm all about helping people understand what they're having like making informed decisions so not having good food bad food saying you know yeah I'll have a croissant for breakfast but it might mean then I might have I don't know no rice at my dinner because of you know my car- I've already had a certain amount of carbs today yeah. um or you know knowingly going see, like what you described earlier where you're having like hardly anything during the week feeling like you're being good and then having loads at the weekend and that they people like that feel like they're dieting all the time but they could actually be in a surplus they could actually be putting on weight because that food that they're gorging on at the weekends is actually like undoing the deficit they've created during the week so my whole thing like my whole um goal for people is like I'm always like don't go into the weekend hungry you know eat a normal amount of food so then you'll find that you don't want the pizza and the garlic pizza bread and the wedges you know you might just have a couple of slices because you're not that hungry and you're not fantasizing about it all week you know I'm all for having a pizza on a Monday because you'll realize then you don't want one on Tuesday you know like you just give yourself that freedom and learn I think looking at the numbers is really helpful because again people are always so surprised of how many calories I have them on But I'm like, that's actually how much a normal human is supposed to eat. And you're comparing it to either a diet plan that you couldn't keep up in the past, (laughs) excuse me, the past um, or, you know, something or or one that you're not actually keeping up. Like, say, you might be thinking, oh, I eat twelve hundred calories, but you're not counting the three thousand you're having on a Saturday so that you're actually having, say, when you average it out, like eighteen hundred calories Um, so it's I I like people looking at the numbers but with the idea of moving away from it in the long run to be able to eat while listening to hunger levels but the the problem is the majority of women are so damaged by diet culture what they can have what they can't have um that it's actually it takes those 12 weeks to kind of change their mindset and like the people who do so well on it are the people who really are kind to themselves and journal every day and think mindfully um it's funny they don't don't get the the crazy fat loss they wanted but they understand their body and it's like a year later they're not in a panic they know what they're doing then they've got the long-term fat loss that they can keep up while living their life like I'm all about enjoying like life is short don't spend it in restriction um like I always think now if I died now like at least I know I went out living my best life you know imagine you're on 1200 calories because you're trying to see abs and you said no to the pizza with your family you know I always just try and reflect on it like that and when you're consistent that's when you can actually like I I do think your body can tell you when it's hungry or not but we are so conditioned with all these numbers and you just need to like actually listen to your body and you can find a healthy set point for you and your environment yeah
1: I also think it's really important because for travelers or digital nomads like if you're not you know settling down in Bali for three or four years where you can kind of like understand things. Maybe you are like for instance for me, I'm in Thailand for six weeks and then off to Europe for the summer and then going to the States. I'm like bouncing around so much, you have so many different cultures of food that it's so mm-hmm. nice to be able to understand like what you're actually eating. So you can A enjoy these cultures and this food and B yeah. not panic when you know it's hard for you to go food shopping and cook things and do whatever in you know the space yeah. you're staying you can kind no, of we never cook yeah it's but it's good and it's good to know because i think obviously in bali you've got for food so much uh the cooking is there where if like you're in europe or somewhere you might be cooking a little bit more but you might want to, if you're in Italy, you might want to go out for that amazing pasta. That makes me so
2: sad. Yeah. I've never, I've never been to Italy. And I honestly think it was because I was always so afraid of like eating too much pizza and pasta. So like this summer I'm going to Italy. But I, th- that was actually something I really noticed when I got to Thailand. Because before that it was all about, um, you know, protein bars, you know, indulgent cheat meals and all this. And I got to Thailand and I was like, how am I going to do this if I can't cook? Because I used to be like so restrictive with my food and then have, you know, a blowout. And then I went to Thailand. I was like, oh, if I actually eat, you know, I kind of roughly even estimating calories in my head. And I was like, oh, like a chicken cashew nut is like, you know, full of vegetables, protein, you know, obviously some oils. But like, I was like, maybe if I just eat half the rice. And I realized that I could eat out for all my meals you know, and just roughly, like, I always think like if you had three meals a day that are six or 700 calories, that's only 2000 calories. Yeah. Um, and I think, and, and then I noticed in Thailand that you weren't bombarded with um I suppose like chocolate everywhere or like uh I don't know cheat meals and I hate that word um you know it was more like just eat and, and one of the biggest things I bring into my coaching is eat like an adult mm-hmm. you know not restricting yourself not doing crazy fasts not like just eat three meals a day like if you want to have chocolate like just have a chocolate bar but it doesn't mean you have to get like the giant chocolate bar and the six pack of crisps it's like if you want a pack of crisps have them and you know i always think eat like an adult and it may then like with your meals as well don't be having just chicken and salad you know like have a solid meal have some potatoes have some rice Mm -hmm. um have your vegetables you know don't and it's such a simple phrase but I I try and bring it into my clients at the start and it just makes such a difference you know it's like would an adult it's funny what depends on your definition of an adult but you know it just means sensibly. like if I think sometimes I'm like my mom wouldn't have had you know carbs for breakfast back in the day but um you know it's like you know would you have a food replacement shake as a meal and it's like no like just eat normal like eat and again it just gives you it kind of lets you tap into hunger levels So many people think they're like addicted to sugar or have like crazy cravings. I'm like, no, you're just hungry. Just have a solid meal. I'm like, I'm such a snacker. I'm like, yeah, because you're having tiny meals. I'm like, have three solid meals, especially while traveling. You know, you gotta eat when you can and it's very hard to like diet. So I would say just try and get a solid breakfast in if you can't get a lunch, you know, get your dinner, you know, and you're moving a lot as well when you're actually traveling, you know, when you're exploring. And, and again, I think it's just don't restrict your travels because of the size of your, size of your body. You know, some people go to Thailand, like, I'm so afraid to get into a bikini. I'm like, I don't want to go to the waterfall. I'm like, go, <laughs> what's going to happen? You know, people are probably going to see you and think you look amazing. Like yeah. no matter what size you are. Um, yeah. And it's, but it's more, it, it is what about you think yourself. And like, that's where the hard work comes in. is like practicing self-love and self-acceptance.
1: No, definitely. And I've definitely loved hearing about all of your, you know,
2: your journey and
1: your business, how you kind of help people, whether you're travelers or not, anyone to kind of, you know, have a more healthy lifestyle. So when I end my podcast, I always ask people, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received or you would love to share with people that you think is just something you stuck to?
2: Ooh, so many. (laughs) Um I think. It's actually something that Gary Vee said once. It was like, you know, someone asked him, like, what's three motivational words? He just said, you're going to die. Yeah, three words. Yeah, you're going to die. Do something about it. And that reflection, reflecting on mortality has really helped me make decisions like again whenever I go home or even now thinking about going back home and I'm like I need to stay in a nice apartment and like rent a nice car so people think I'm successful and then I'm like no you don't like stay with your parents use that money to travel somewhere else you know do things because of what you actually want to do um and it's helped me yeah I always say like if you had six months to live how would you live But mm-hmm. you say one day it makes you do really wild things so if you say six months um, you know, it kind of makes you think of your health and happiness and you know, maybe thinking a little bit rationally. And yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to die.
1: It's so true. And I, I love that because I always say to people, when they're too scared of like doing something because they're afraid of what someone else is gonna say, and like at the end of the day, you're gonna die with your life. So like yeah. what they do and what they think actually doesn't matter because you're the one who has to live it. So if you're gonna yeah. die, then the day with it. Make sure you're happy doing what you're doing and make sure you're happy living the life you are.
2: Um, so I definitely love yeah, like think that. About your deathbed you know like when, if, if you're lucky enough to be an old woman on your deathbed you know are you going to be like oh I'm so glad I didn't go to that dinner because I had abs the next day you know like, no you're going to be like why didn't you do that so I, if you are lucky, like you just don't know when it's going to end like you know it's you gotta yeah. live it is so true like you're gonna yeah. die
1: yeah well thank you so much for coming on it's been so amazing I think it's really you know important stuff for people to understand from your story and how you were able to kind of create this life online and live your life as well as like how to live a healthy life you know being a traveler or even not a traveler just understanding that life you live not you know by a account or a weight number and stuff like that so thank you so much for coming on
2: really enjoyed that thank you so much
1: of course everyone keep listening we have more episodes coming and see you guys
0: If you are a current or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect or even learn more about this lifestyle and how to build your own dream, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM with crazy nomad. So I know you come from this beautiful community on the podcast or click link below and book a free strategy session with me to discover how we can turn your passion project or skills into an online business.